Hello there, this is Andy Lynch and I bid you another warm welcome to Check-In, the Vanlander Airport's podcast. I do hope you're continuing to enjoy the episode so far as we carry on our journey through the world of aviation. And indeed, we've taken quite a more global perspective on recent shows, making pit stops in Canada, the Netherlands, Denmark and Iceland. In today's show, we're heading back to North America, the USA to be precise, and touching down at Orlando Airport in Florida. For many listeners, that will probably conjure up images of theme parks and family vacations, but there's more to the airport than meets the eye. To help guide us through the Orlando story, I'm delighted to be joined by Assistant Director of Airport Operations, Scott Goodwin. So let's go ahead and collect Scott from our virtual departures lounge. So welcome to Check-In, Scott. It's an absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Well, thank you for having me today. And whereabouts are you, are you joining us from today? From Orlando, Florida in the United States, Orlando International Airport specifically. Okay. And do you live uh, close to the airport? Is it a big commute from you from your from your family home? No, it's it's not too bad. I live about 20 miles, 20 minutes away, I'll say. And, um, you know, while there's traffic, like most cities, it's not bad compared to some of the major cities and the traffic out there. Excellent. Um, so I think a good place to start is maybe some more about yourself, Scott. Could you tell our listeners something about your role at Orlando Airport? Sure. So I'm the Assistant Director of Airport Operations at Orlando International Airport and uh, work with the Greater Orlando Aviation Authority. We're the authority that owns and operates the airport here in Orlando. And in that role, I specifically look after in airport operations, the baggage handling systems and the ground support equipment. So the ground support equipment, as we define it, is basically everything owned by the airport that touches the aircraft. So that would be the passenger boarding bridges, the ground power, air conditioning, water, and so on. Um, So all of those systems, along with our baggage conveyor systems, um, currently in our terminal, we have close to 12 miles of conveyor systems. So um, a lot of conveyors and a kind of compact building that's almost a quarter mile long. So. Wow. So you must uh, have a quite a busy schedule day to day. And how long have you been at the airport, Scott, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, I've been working here at the airport for the past 15 years. I've uh, been in the industry longer, actually worked with some of the airlines in various roles in different airports around the country. So I've uh, been in aviation about 25 years. Wow. So it's uh, maybe always been a way of life for you. I take it that maybe that was the first thing you did fresh out of college was get into aviation, perhaps. Yeah. Enjoy the aviation, airports, commercial um, airlines, transport and everything associated with it. It's been a good career. I can can see it in your face, Scott, that you really enjoy doing what you do. Um, Let's turn our attention to the the airport then. Tell us a little bit more about Orlando and its activities. I I can imagine that you receive quite a lot of tourists uh, in that part of the world, perhaps. Yes, we do um, actually receive a lot of tourists. After all, Central Florida is the most visited destination in the United States prior to the pandemic, with roughly 70 million visitors to the region. And our airport, as you might imagine, was the primary gateway for most of those visitors. In 2019, we registered a record number of passengers with more than 50.6 million annual passengers. And we continue to be the busiest airport in Florida. Actually, since the pandemic, we have constantly been ranked as a top five airport in the entire nation. In the first couple months of this year, we're actually the busiest airport in the nation. Oh, wow. So um, if you don't mind me asking again, Scott, I know uh, the last 12 months have been really difficult for so many airports. And it's wonderful to hear that you're having such a positive response. Um, but how overall, how have you been coping with COVID and the road to recovery? Can you paint a little bit of a picture around that for us? Sure. So we've been... Uh, 
for the most part, responding like most agencies and businesses during this challenging time. Um, we've been following all of our CDC guidelines here in the United States, and we invested over $1 million in strict cleaning protocol for the airport. We've curtailed spending and have been helping our concessionaires as much as possible along the way with rent relief and help in receiving federal stimulus monies and so on. Along those lines, um, we've also seen the positive, a quick turnaround, as mentioned earlier, as one of the busiest airports in the country. Uh, we're, as you mentioned earlier, a primary leisure destination, are very strong with that. And with the current travel trends, um, it's been a top destination in our country. And in addition, with some of the restrictions on a global basis, uh, been seeing a lot of the folks that might have been traveling internationally within our domestic market actually coming here. So uh, I think we've been blessed with seeing a, a good response, uh, how travel's coming back and coming back very quickly here. Excellent. And, and how has it been working day to day in terms of uh, coping with things like social distancing and all those, you know, all those little technical things that airports have to take care of? How has that been working day to day for you to make sure that passengers can, can travel safely, of course? Yeah, so day to day, you know, things are changing so frequently, so quickly. So we started um, here in the United States, social distancing was at six feet. Um, and that's changed down to three feet, and, and now it's being relaxed with the mask out there. Although currently there's still the, the federal mandate in our country within airports where we still have the mask requirements. Um, so one of the challenges has just been the quick adapting to the different conditions where the airport might have certain conditions and other things in the community are different. The response to that has been good. Uh, people have been adapting to that, and it's uh, one of the benefits we have too, for instance, is we have a digital platform here with the, all of our ticket counters have a digital back wall. And we're able to update those on a near real-time basis with changing conditions versus putting out floor markers that say maybe six feet or three feet, and that changes overnight. And the next day you got to come in and change it to two feet. We actually have some of that ability with the technology we have in place to facilitate that. And that's been pretty good to our advantage. Excellent. So, uh, I don't know. I don't want to put a summary or any words in uh, your your mouth, Scott. But it sounds like it's it's going well, at Orlando. I think the the signs are are good, certainly for the rest of this year and and further further ahead. Yeah, very optimistic. Actually, when you walk our terminals today, um, you see the folks out there, and uh, we are actually domestically at pre-COVID levels and have exceeded that, and we're increasing every week. So, um, other than you, you see some of the things. Um, people wearing masks and so on, it's pretty much looking like it's back to normal. Now, because of some of the travel restrictions on a global basis, not all of our international carriers have returned yet, but we've actually seen some domestic carriers and some new carriers and new destinations that we didn't even have pre-COVID. So it has responded very well here in Orlando. That's excellent to hear. And um, things just never stand still at Orlando Airport. I believe you're soon to open a new South Terminal Complex. So can you tell us a little bit of what type of hardware and software solutions are you deploying on site for that terminal? Yeah, so we're very excited about the the new, we call it the South Terminal, or it's going to be under the public, I guess, Terminal C, because we have a Terminal A and B right now. That'll be our Terminal C. Um, And it should open... um, say in about a year's time, probably uh, spring of 2022. But um, looking at the the new technology, one of the things we're most excited about is our new baggage handling system, which I oversee here in the north and in the south. We are not going with the traditional conveyor system. We're going to the ICS carrier tote system. 
that's um, seen throughout Europe and, and other places, but not uh, fully adapted here in the United States. And we'll have one of the or the largest complete system when that's rolled out next year. Um, the technology, the efficiencies with that, it allows us to manage our baggage flows and get more efficiencies and capacities. We'll have an early bag storage system with close to 2,000 bags. And that's really going to be a benefit here in Orlando. I know other airports have that, but we have a unique demographic here with our uh, conventions, cruise ships, theme parks, where a lot of folks get to the airport before their departure later in the evening, and they want to check in and where can I drop my bags off or perhaps enjoy some of the facilities of the airport. So the early bag storage, rather than an airport that's been historically very busy and we tell people you need to come back in a few hours to drop your bags off, we're going to have the capability to accept those bags and uh, work with our guests as they depart at their leisure. Um, along with that, obviously more efficiencies on the business side, different staffing models and levels with the just-in-time delivery of the baggage in this ICS system and more efficient. Some other things, um, technologies, we're gonna have a virtual ramp control where we'll facilitate airport movements in a virtual environment versus building a, a control tower. And this is just for the, the immediate ramp area. We still have our control tower. And uh, a more integrated model here in Orlando, we have, for the most part, a destination, origin and destination. But this new business model we'll have down there will allow for more connections. So if somebody's coming in and wants to use it like a hub to get off one plane to another, will be better facilitation between that as they clear customs and don't have to transit to another building via a different mode of transportation. So uh, more efficiency there. And, and probably one of the biggest things that's going to be very easy to expand. This is just the first phase. Um, our north terminal that we're operating out of now has 93 gates. And our long-term vision down there in the south, we could go up to 120. So this first version um, is going to be a fraction of that. They're, they're mixed-use gates, so uh, it's going to be in a neighborhood close to 20 gates, 22 um, boarding bridges. But um, that's just the first phase, and we could easily just, when we have the landside infrastructure, just keep adding on to the gates as demand comes along. Excellent. And to go back to the baggage handling system, you said you had the ICS system with the early bag store. Um, is that also going to be scalable? So if you, you're looking to sort of extend the terminal or uh, extend the infrastructure in the future, is that something you see the baggage handling system being able to keep up with in terms of its own scalability? How do you see that? Yes, definitely. We're lucky. Um, Orlando is one of the, the largest airports by landmass in the country. So we have a lot of space. We're not landlocked in the center of a city. That being said, the uh, early bag storage is in a facility that we carved out that is, um, while that area is full, we could actually just open or build next to it another, whether it's parallel or next to it another building. So we don't have to connect directly to that scalability. We could put it somewhere else on property and connect it with the ICS system. So we're looking at the 2000 early bag storage is gonna fulfill the needs um, as we open the terminal. But like everything else, we'll grow more ticket counters, more bag claims, more EBS as needed based on the demand on how we utilize it. Yeah, so there's a, a sort of exciting future ahead for Orlando. And how does the South Terminal, the new terminal that is, how does it fit with your strategic ambitions for the future? Are you able to tell us a little bit about the where you guys are heading You know, over the next uh, couple of decades, perhaps? Sure. So the, the South Terminal project... First of all, continued um, throughout the pandemic uninterrupted. I want to go back in time. We were looking at, we broke ground on this prior to the pandemic. And 
a lot of businesses have cut back. Uh, we kept moving forward because we saw the demand, which has really responded very quickly. So moving forward beyond that, while we never slowed down, it's key to the growth in the future um, as the most visited destination in the country here. So once open early next year, we'll provide room for up to 10 million additional travelers to Orlando. And the region continues to grow. There's a lot of expansion happening here, even outside of the airport. So the need was there before the pandemic. It responded very quickly. And we're still moving full speed ahead as we move forward on that. It's incredible to hear. I think what what has uh, interested me is how uh, how much of a positive. I mean, we've heard, I, I'm sure you'll have heard the same stories, but it has been quite shocking in the industry. There has been a lot of, it's been in it's been in headline news, hasn't it? How it's affected travel, the aviation industry, COVID, of course. But for you guys, I get the impression that um, it was a sort of a, t- a tiny drop in the ocean, a, a small blip, and then you are ready to rock and roll again with your expansion plan. So it's it's quite unusual, but at the same time, I'm quite I'm quite impressed and excited by how guy- you guys are kind of motoring on with it, really. Yeah, we're we're very excited to have been leading the country with domestic travel here within the United States, and. Um, as continuing uh, with more carriers adding service and uh, the terminal filling up, um, we need that additional space. And as I mentioned earlier, it's expandable. So as we sit and hit more thresholds, um, the way the building is designed, we could just start adding on more gates as the infrastructure is there, the property is already secured, the plans are there. So uh, could pick up pretty quickly and I'm um, looking forward to opening it next year and keep going from there. Excellent news. And obviously, uh, um, no airport is complete without the brains, which is obviously the IT system. So what's your view on the value of uh, information technology and its role at Orlando Airport? So the role um, there, obviously, very important as we become more of a a digital environment. Um, So almost all of our operating systems um, at the airport communicate digitally in some form or fashion are connected to the airport's central network. So IT plays a major role in enabling these systems to transmit and share data. The evolution and advancement of many technologies, for instance, including but not limited to wireless networking, embedded sensors, control systems, automation, data analytics, has enabled the airport to gain efficiencies. Operational data is the big bonus here. Being able to capture and distill from multiple operating system sources, both historically and on a real-time basis, gives us the ability to be proactive rather than reactive in many cases. Yeah, for sure. I think there's a, a, been a brilliant trend in the industry, certainly over the last 10 years with the emergence of the uh, Internet of Things and big data and end-to-end thinking. I think a lot of airports have really begun to see the, the true power of data rather than just seeing reports and thinking, well, hey, that's great. We had so many passengers today. They're starting to look at it and say, ah, well, actually, we can use this information to make our lives, passenger lives, even you know even better than ever so are you using data to improve your operations and create a more pleasant passenger experience oh absolutely and and actually i have a couple really neat examples i I could talk to on this um the first one that stands out is actually visible to our passengers um, as they travel so we have at our checkpoints um, checkpoint wait time expectations on how long might it take to get through the the security checkpoint based on current demands the checkpoints are calculated independently, and I say that because we have two checkpoints, one on each side of the airport servicing different airlines, so we don't have one size fits all, and we look at it, um, for the most part, almost like two airports, and we do that with cameras and Bluetooth sensors and embedded algorithms that calculate the average wait time from beginning to end. The 
Calculated information is shared above the checkpoints on digital screens, but we go beyond that and feed it through web service interface to our mobile app and out to our website. And that gives the customers the right expectation on how busy is it even before I get to the airport. Uh, what's neat around that too, we're using that information to actually adapt to how we manage our, our guests at that point. So when we sort of hit a certain threshold above our checkpoints, the display will say something along the lines of we're accepting passengers leaving within the next two hours. When we have shorter wait times, we welcome everybody because there is a limited throughput there. But now with this real-time data, we could actually change customer behaviors where it benefits the airport. So we, we basically get rid of the peaks, shave that off and become a more efficient operation and better experience for everybody. So if we could tell you in a few minutes that your wait's not going to be as long because you might see a line, we feel that's valuable too. And that's what we're looking at. Yeah, I mean, it, it all links back to the, that passenger experience and great to, to, to hear that you're discovering or exploring those opportunities to give people a really great experience because you have such a specific demographic at Orlando. Uh, as soon as you were describing uh, the, the information you just gave, I was thinking of uh, family groups. I was thinking of large families. So I, I'm thinking maybe was, was, was that sort of also in your thinking to improve the passenger experience, those, those massive family groups that uh, we all know what it's like going to a, a family vacation. So maybe that was uh, at the forefront of your mind when thinking about, you know, IT developments, perhaps. Oh, definitely. Um, the, the family is, is a top demographic here. And mentioned earlier when um, their departure, they have to get out of the hotel by a certain time and you're bringing all your bags and your family. Where can you leave it? How can you still have a great experience here in Orlando? And that's a key part of it. Along those lines, we, we have uh, our um, back to baggage um, a unique operation here called the Remote Screening Facility with um, our theme parks, cruise ships, conventions. We were taking upwards of 10% of our traffic offsite um, where they could check their bags at the theme parks, cruise ships, or convention center. And that was a big burden or a big help, I'll say, to the airport because now we could keep those people doing what they want to do, keep those bags remotely processed when the efficiencies are there with our screening and transport. So, um, you hit it on the head. The, the type of traveler here, we have a, a unique opportunity to really work with our infrastructure and understanding our customers and improve that experience. Excellent. And we, we all know that Orlando is, is quite a progressive airport when it comes to IT. Do you have a specific vision on this in the coming years? Do you want to, I mean, I, I guess maybe another question is if you had no, if there was no limit on time, money, resources, what would be an ideal world for you when it came to IT and how close is that to to what you think you might achieve over the coming years? Over the coming years, um, IT is very important. And looking at how we could basically get to an environment where we are more seamless and touchless, especially what the pandemic brought out, as customers want to basically get from the, the curb to the gate with minimal delay and inter interaction. So one of the, the challenges we have there is the industry standards if we could say they're still evolving, but there's so many different agencies, different approaches to things. In Orlando, for instance, we've been working on and have a um, biometric exit where we're working with our customers and customs and border protection, but they could get information from the passport in your picture and how domestically can we do that when there's really not a domestic passport. So uh, we're optimistic things are being looked at for, for instance, in the United States with driver's license, but how can we get all the agencies, the industry vendors on the same page when so many different agencies are might be going down their own path? And it can even be a global thing, obviously, as you look at, um, we call it 
or here in the industry that the health um, passports that may come around and so on. So IT is key, but getting all the systems and agencies to talk together, um, I think will be the, the big piece to really utilize and uh, leverage that platform. Absolutely. And it's it's a topic that's come up a few times on check-in, as our listeners will be familiar with, but that stakeholder management, because as we've said before, airports um, are just how many stakeholders work at an airport? You know, the, the list is as long as you're around. So one of, one of the challenges, how you unify those different stakeholders to, 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 cre- you know, to create a unified approach, et cetera. But you've described, um, that problem, but on another level, when you're talking about the health passports and other information from other agencies. So, um, that's not easy, is it, Scott? I mean, uh, hats off to you. You're going to be quite a busy guy, not only unifying stakeholders at the airport, but also, agencies outside that all to make this seamless operation so uh, yeah hats off to you good luck i think i should say <laughs> thank you and really looking forward to it it's a challenge and it's actually a lot of fun seeing where we've been and where we're going and very promising ahead of us very optimistic good I, it sounds like you it'll be in a safe pair of hands scots for sure um and just one final question from us here scott um have you any thoughts about industry partners uh, I mean, I guess we touched on a few things there about different stakeholders, but but how can industry partners support your airport in in reaching your particular vision, your particular objectives? Well, lo- looking at the next evolution, I'll say, uh, thinking, uh, mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the next level of collaboration needs to occur probably, you know, with the federal agencies and industry vendors, airports and airlines to truly help clearly identify the standardized things like biometric solutions, technical requirements where possible. So all of these great ideas can gel together and, and create a, a common solution that's deployed in a common use environment too. I think what will be most important is consensus on the information security aspect of biometric data and how it's handled, where it's stored, for how long, how is it purged when it's used after its intended purpose. So truly going touchless um, and sharing of that data think it's the next evolution. We're looking at things like bag drops and so on, which are out there in the industry. But how can we get something common there where everybody gets together, we kind of speak the same language to get the true benefits of that? Well, thank you, Scott, for your time already. And uh, if we can finish on a positive note, do you look forward with a sense of optimism about the aviation industry and, of course, your own particular airport? Absolutely. Uh, Within the, the nation or wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Here in Orlando, the way we responded, um, very optimistic. Looking at our history, we're in a building that is was originally built for 24 million annual passengers, and we exceeded 50. So we more than doubled that. Now we're breaking ground uh, for our new terminal, as mentioned, which is going to open within a year. Um, very optimistic because we cater to um, anywhere from the youngest travelers that are arriving in strollers to folks... Um, on the elderly side or senior side, and and we are one of the largest markets for wheelchairs, or largest market for rental cars. So very diverse on the leisure side. Locally, our theme parks are expanding. The, the cruise industry, the cruise ports expanding. Um, our terminals expanding. One of the things I really didn't elaborate on earlier too with our terminal C is we have our inter intermodal facility there, and we're going to have a. Uh, a train rail system, which goes to South Florida, West Palm Beach, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, opening a year after our terminal, which is going to see, sometimes you see this in Europe, where the train comes right to the airport. And then uh, future plans, that would expand down to the theme parks, 
looking at Tampa or perhaps even going up north in Jacksonville down the road, but to make Orlando a true destination for transportation, where we're at the heart of Florida, right in the center, people could come in. A lot of our foreigners come into Florida and go to various destinations over the course of a few weeks, and we could become that gateway as the only airport with that infrastructure, but the train meets the plane, and how do we connect our passengers to that and the baggage systems and the flows and so on. So very optimistic. Um, a lot's happening here. We've got a lot of space. We've got the passengers are here. The demand is here, and looking forward to that bright future. Well, Scott, I'm afraid that's all we have uh, time for on checking today. So I have to say thank you very much, Scott Goodwin from Orlando Airport. It's been a real pleasure talking to you today. Yeah, thank you very much. Glad to participate. A lot of great information and things happening here. And uh, again, looking forward to the future. Well, thanks for listening. And thanks once again to today's guest, Scott Goodwin from Orlando Airport. I do hope that you'll check in with us once again when we'll be joined by another expert from the aviation industry. Until next time, stay safe. Goodbye for now.